into the book of St. John. <clears throat> Pastor needs your prayers, amen, today. In the book of St. John, the sixth chapter. St. John, the sixth chapter. St. John, the sixth chapter. And I'm just going to read verse number nine. I'm just going to read verse number nine. I told you all earlier for the morning scripture, it was St. Matthew's, the 14th chapter, verses 13 through 21. This is just John's account of the same story that I read in, in St. Matthew's for the opening scripture. And you'll find these words, St. John 6 and 9. It simply says, there is a lad here which have five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? I don't want you to miss that. Don't miss it. There is a lad here which have five barley loaves and two fishes, but what are they among so many? I want to talk to you all today from the subject matter, when you are down to five loaves and two fishes, when you are down to five loaves and two fishes. The text simply said, there is a lad here which have five barley loaves and two small fishes. When you are down to five loaves and two fishes. <clears throat> Let me start off by saying that this miracle of supplying food is the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. It is the only miracle recorded in all four Gospels, and it is the only miracle in the Gospel of John recorded in the Synoptic Gospels. This miracle is mentioned nine times in the Gospels. When I speak of the Gospels, I'm speaking of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It is mentioned nine times. Beside the four detailed accounts of the miracle, it is referred to five other times. When you look at this particular text and the one from St. Matthew's that I read earlier, the disciples quickly protested the challenging by Christ to feed the multitude. Listen at them. They said, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fishes. That is what the disciples says when Jesus tells them to give the great crowd, something to eat. Now, in protesting the challenge 
They made the mistake we all make when protesting God's commands. They focused on the circumstances rather than God's commands. They focus on the circumstances of the small amount of food they had. Focusing on the difficult circumstances will make unbelievers out of all of us. The great miracle of supplying people with food involved a contribution of food. Other gospel accounts tell us that the food was contributed by a lad. This was obviously his lunch. And so therefore he gave it to the disciples. The contribution seemed much too small to help feed a multitude. And they were right. Five loaves. Now you need to understand, it wasn't five big loaves of of Weber's bread, and even that wouldn't have been enough. I remember it was just a little boy's lunch, five loaves, in other words, buns, and two fishes, of course, would hardly feed a great multitude. And so when you look at the disciples' attitude, uh, a smallness was the problem. In other words, they did not have enough. But I stopped by here to let somebody know that smallness is not a problem with God. How do I know that? Because he said in Matthew 14 and 18, he said, bring them hither to me. Ah, the smallness of the contribution was not important to him. It was the surrender of the contribution that mattered the most. And so what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? When you're down to five loaves and two fishes, let me say another day of mask, social distancing, watching the numbers go up. Sometimes it feels like another five loaves and two fishes day. When you look at the unemployment numbers, job losses. Uh, It helps reminds us that many people are living a five loaves and two fishes life. When have you felt like a five loaves and two fishes kind of person? What events or circumstances have caused you to say, there's nothing here but five loaves and two fishes. What does it feel like? What thoughts run through your head on those particular days? Because in in the five loaves and uh, two fishes times of life, it can cause us to feel overwhelmed, powerless, and hopeless feel like more is being asked of us than we can give or handle. I I, I, want to talk to some folk today. Hallelujah. I don't want to talk to y'all that got plenty. I want to talk to those today that feel like they are having a five loaves and two fishes day. 
because it'll make you feel like, hallelujah, more is being asked of you then you can give or handle. It will cause us not to know what to do or say. Fact of the matter is, when we're having one of those kinds of of days, we become afraid, sad, and exalted, exhausted. Feel like we are in a desert place. It is getting dark, just like the disciples had declared. It is getting dark, and sometimes, I'm going to be honest, sometimes I want to send the crowds away to fend for themselves. It is not just that I don't think I have enough, but I began to believe sometimes that I am not enough. I want to talk to some people that feel sometimes that you're just not enough. Don't have nothing to do with what you possess. Doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank, you just simply feel like you're not enough. I'm not enough to make a difference. I'm not enough to handle what is before me. Does any of that, does any of that sound or look familiar to anybody here today? Is there anybody that knows what I'm talking about? What are we to do? In the five loaves and two fishes times of our life. Well, if you don't mind, let me begin uh, with what not to do. <laughs> let me start with what not to do. Let's not sit around waiting for Jesus to magically give us more bread and fish. Because the fact of the matter is that is probably not going to happen. Besides, when you really look at the text, the problem is not a lack of bread and fish. I need y'all to walk with me. I said the problem is not the lack of bread and fish. For after reading the text, I've come to the conclusion that it could have been a lack of vision. Fact of the matter is, it could be a lack of vision for our own lives the great crowd, and the future. It is a lack of imagination for what could be. It is a lack of compassion for others and ourselves. Can I please tell you, we need to learn to see in a new way. I'm going to say it again. We need to learn to see in a new way. We need new eyes. We need a new vision. Because that is what Jesus is saying when he tells the disciples, you give them something to eat. I don't want you to miss it. He says, you give them something to eat. And you know what? He is asking us to change the lens through which we see. He's trying to get us to gain a new vision. He wants us to see with new eyes. He sees and trusts that we already have enough to feed the great crowd. Maybe, just maybe, that is what we need to see and trust about ourselves and each other. 
I want to, if y'all don't mind, if, 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 if you don't mind, and I'm not going to preach long today, but if you don't mind, I want us to look at today's text a bit differently than we usually do. Can I please attempt to make the story here today relevant for today? Because, you know, I sometimes feel that the story here, uh, it can be so big. Five loaves and two fishes feeding more than 5,000. And then it tells us that there was a lot of leftovers. You know, if we think of it, that, that, that can kind of become magical and uh, supernatural in a way that makes it distance to us and beyond what we can do. But what if, somebody say what if, what if it is more about eyes than stomachs? I need you to walk with me here today. <clears throat> what if, just, just, just what if, it's more about eyes than stomachs? What if it is more about seeing than feeding? What if it is more about compassion than bread and fish? Jesus and the disciples, if you notice, they saw the same great crowd. Hey, I don't want y'all to miss this. Jesus and his disciples, they saw the same great crowd, but they responded differently. Because they saw differently. Jesus and the disciples, they represent two ways of seeing. Well, the first way is the disciples' way. Well, when you read that text, the disciples' way was send the crowds away. <laughs> so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. And then secondly, we have Jesus's way. Jesus' way says they need not go away. Just give them something to eat. Somebody put in the chat box two ways. The disciples' way, send them away. Jesus's way, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. You have to understand that the disciples, they see the crowd and they focus on the resources outside of themselves. Outside of themselves. They're trying to figure out how to feed more than 5,000 empty stomachs with five loaves of bread and two fishes. Well, I think you all would agree with me here today. The math is not on their side. Oh, God. I, I, I just believe you'll have to agree with me that the math is not on their side. They are really right in saying we have nothing here but five loaves of bread and two fishes. Well, let, let's, let's take a moment. Do the math. Do the math. One loaf for every thousand person and a half a fish for every 1,250 people. Do the math. <clears throat> Do the math. 
one loaf, every thousand person, a half a fish for every 1,250 people. It got to the point they say six months wedges would not buy enough bread for each of them to even get a little. But guess what? They finally come to the conclusion. There's not enough. And you know what? I'm going to tell y'all something. There will probably never be enough if we keep doing the math. Oh, God, I just said something. There's never going to be enough if you keep doing the math. I don't care how well you are. You can be a mathematician. You can teach math. I don't care to what degree you twist it. If you keep trying to do the math, it'll never work. Notice what Jesus does. Jesus focuses on the resources within himself. They were looking to the outside. Jesus looked within himself. And so the text tells us he sees the great crowd and he has compassion. In other words, he has empathy. He shows kindness. He has sympathy. He cares about the crowd. How many of y'all know Jesus was a man of compassion? He experiences their need at a gut level. He feels their hunger as his own. He sees himself as one of them. His inward parts are stirring and turning over. It is so instinctive reaction like when we feel sick to our stomach or break down and weep at the pain of the loss or need of another. Compassion is always the lens through which Jesus sees. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad he's a compassionate savior. Somebody ought to shout, I'm glad he's a compassionate savior. His compassion lets him see five loaves and two fishes, not as a limitation, uh-oh, but as a possibility. I don't want y'all to let that one go. He doesn't see the five loaves and two fishes as a limitation, but as a possibility. He is not calculating and doing the math. He is imagining the possibility of the impossible. Huh? He has he, he has no need or desire to send the crowd away. Instead, he makes room for them. He is seen with the eyes of his heart and not just his physical eyes. Y'all walk with me for a few more minutes. And I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, what keeps you and I from seeing and living like Jesus? What if, just what if, Lord, there's a lot of what ifs today, ain't it? What if we began to see like Jesus? What if we saw the possibilities of the impossible? What if we saw with the eyes of our hearts? What if compassion was the lens through which we saw ourselves and one another? I, I, I got to detour here because some of you, you're too hard on yourself. 
I'm going to say it again. Some of you are too hard on yourself. Let up on your own self. You hard on people, and you're hard on your own self. Let up on yourself. My God, stop being so hard on yourself. See with your heart, not with your physical eyes. When you look in the mirror, you're looking with your physical eyes. So you see all the flaws. Y'all ain't going to help me. Don't make me come down your street. You see all the gray hairs. And all you talk about is the gray hair. Y'all ain't going to help me here. All you talk about is the bags under your eyes. Come on here. Stop being so hard on yourself. Stop looking at yourself with your natural eye. And see yourself with your heart. See what God has put inside of you. See the love he put in you. See the, my God, compassion he put in you. Stop being so hard on yourself. Hey, I'm just wondering <laughs> what would begin to happen if we saw like Jesus. And you know, we have probably all been in the situations that demanded more of us than we had or could produce. We did the math, got the answer, and guess what? We found out we were still short. Despite the math, the correct answer to any question, regardless of the subject matter, is not about the quantity of our resources, but rather about the quality of seeing and living. Well, I'm going to give that to y'all again. You ain't going to shout today. But I'm going to give you that again. I'm going to give it to you. Hallelujah. I said that it's not about the quantity of our resources. In other words, it don't matter how much you have. Because how many of y'all know you can be on top today? And you can be on the bottom tomorrow. Hey, you can be rolling today. Hey, and have nothing tomorrow. And so it's not about the quantity of our resources but rather about the quality of our seeing and living. What do you see? Hey, Michael, put that as a subtopic. <clears throat> what do you see? Because it's all about what you see. When you look at the text and read it over and over again, Philip and Andrew have the math right, but they still fail the test. How many of y'all know you can have the math right and still fail the test? And I wonder if that's often true for us, if we sometimes forget that spiritual hunger cannot be fed by a loaf of store-bought bread, and that life is not an equation to be reconciled to the last digit. Hey, and that spiritual problems, they are not solved by fancy administrative techniques. When we forget the quality of the life that we see around us and get sucked into quantifying our own lives, I stop back here to tell you, we're going to always be hungry. In other words, when Jesus was trying to tell his disciples, 
Stop worrying about yourself. Oh, 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 oh. Somebody put that in the chat. I got to stop worrying about myself. Put it in there so you can stay awake today, right? So you can stay awake. Put it in there. I got to stop worrying about myself. Some folks so concerned about their four and no more and so concerned about how uh, I ain't got nothing to give nobody during this pandemic. I got to store it up for myself. Pastor, are you crazy? People losing their jobs. Come on here. They're cutting Social Security. Yeah, they're cutting everything. Well, I need y'all to understand something. You never forget. You don't ever forget about the quality of life that we see around us. And when we see the hunger, when we see the pain or needs of another with eyes of compassion, I need y'all to know our priorities will change. Oh yeah, I said it, I said it. I just, I said it. Your priority will change. You won't just walk away and declare how blessed you are. You won't just go back home and start praising God for what he's blessed you with. How do you know God will change? He'll change you completely when you see the hunger and the pain or needs of another with the eyes of compassion. And not only will our priorities change, but then we imagine new possibilities. And then when we do that, guess what happens? It's right here in the text. Our resources are multiplied. Hey, some of y'all ain't got nothing. I'm going to say it. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at the Holy Ghost. You don't have nothing because you want to just keep on holding on. Well, I give my tithe. You ain't gave nothing because that belongs to the Lord. I give my offering. That's fine. I'm not talking about your money right now. Your money to the church. But when was the last time you blessed somebody else? And somebody might say, I don't have a lot of money. Well, good you don't have a lot of money. Trust and depend on God. But you got some shoes that still got the tags on it. You got some dresses that you can't fit no more. Y'all ain't going to say amen. Amen, but that's okay. Jesus is saying to us, forget about our own selves and let's have compassion on those that we see is less fortunate than we are. We got to see the hunger and the pain. It means means saying yes before we have counted our little loaves and fishes. Compassion calls for us to speak up for and to reach out to another. I'm not saying you got to go join all the um, protesters. Don't, 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 don't text me talking about you get ready to fly to Milwaukee or wherever to protest. God don't, you ain't got to do all that. You ain't got to do all that. Just look around right where you are. Look in your neighborhood. Look in your family. Come on here, somebody. Look at that person you drive by every day. It ain't as if you only see them once a month. Some of us drive by the same people every day. God, convict us here today. Convict us here today. Show us what you're trying to tell us. Beside us shouting on you have the power to take two little fishes and five loaves of bread and feed over 5,000 people. 
Hey, convict us here today that I think it goes beyond. If we place it in the master's hand, he's going to multiply it for us. Help us see what you're really saying in this text. And what Jesus is saying in this text is what the text says. And Jesus had compassion. I want to trust that. I really want to trust. And I'm almost finished here now. But I really want to trust that my five loaves and two fishes are enough. And that they will make a difference. I want to believe that I am enough. Somebody put in the chat, I am enough. Hey, my God, I am enough. And that I will make a difference. The devil will try to make you feel like you're not enough. Hey, but you are enough. You got to declare it, speak it. Put it in the atmosphere. God help us. Please is my prayer. Help us to see others, the world and ourselves through the lens of compassion. I want to act on that compassion. Uh, notice something. The boy's generosity unlocked additional generosity. He could have said, no, this is all I got to eat and I'm hungry. And this got to last me all day long. He could have said it. Hey, you can go get your own lunch. My God, go get your own lunch. But the boy's generosity unlocked additional generosity. Can I help y'all? When we're generous to others, it will unlock additional generosity. Small acts. Now watch this. Small acts of generosity. And love have a big impact on the many. And did you not know it is possible to move mountains with two loaves and five fishes? My God, five loaves and two fishes. A word of encouragement. Just encourage somebody. You may not have no money. A word of encouragement. Silent listening. The gift of an hour of your time just for somebody to be able hey, to talk to you. Investing in others. The list goes on and on. Stop looking at what you have. What is your compassionate vision today? That's what I want to know. What is your compassionate vision today? What is it for the essential workers? How about the healthcare providers? Just a simple act. I mean, about a month ago, maybe a month and a half, y'all remember when uh, there was a shortage, shortage of masks and they, and they were looking for masks. And the healthcare providers, the nurses and others found out they were using the same mask five days in a row. The same mask because there was a shortage of masks. And one young lady lived right up the street from the mortuary. And one day she stopped. She was on her way to work. You could tell she was broken and she was wounded. You could tell she was tired. You could tell she was frustrated. And I believe that she just decided on that day that if anybody ought to have at least one mask, it ought to be the mortuary. And that woman stopped and she asked, do you all have a mask that I can have? 
And then she began to explain the situation of the shortage of masks. And we went back in the back. Y'all know the story. I won all the masks at the auction. We went back in the back, gave her a couple of boxes of masks. And all the joy that filled her spirit and her heart. Now, I don't know what she did with them. I don't know if she blessed the other nurses because I wasn't there. But a simple act, I'm trying to get y'all to see it. A simple act of giving somebody some masks can go a long way. What about the first responders? How about the administrators that have a heavy load on them? What about the teachers? Come on here, somebody. That not only got to deal with the kids, but got to deal with their crazy parents. Y'all ain't going to help me here. Got to deal with them. What about the parents that have to deal with trying to work at home and at the same time do homework, homeschool, looking at stuff you ain't never seen before. You ain't never learned it on that level. Two plus two was four. That's all we needed to know. We didn't need to know the square root of the root of the square. Come on here, somebody. And then calculate it by the circle and then divide it by a triangle. We didn't have to. I just made that up. You can tell I made it up because I don't know. That becomes frustrating. Oh, come on here, somebody. What about the kids that's beginning a new school year away from their friends uh, and have to sit in front of a computer all day long? Uh, I want to know. I want to know. What is your compassionate vision? What is your compassionate vision for those who've lost their jobs? What about those that are sick? What about those that are dying? Uh, for those you love and for those you will never know, what is your compassionate vision for those who are just like you and those who are your opposite? What's your compassionate vision for you and your own needs? Well, let me get ready to close. Let me get ready to close. What is compassion asking of you today? How will you act on it? To whom will you reach out? And for whom will you speak up? Look with the eyes of your heart, and you will see who that is. What, what can you and I do? What can we do with our five loaves and two fishes? We will never know until we start feeding the great crowd. And we might just be surprised at what we are capable of. Let's stop doing the math. Let's stop doing the math. Let's set the table. Oh, God. Somebody put in the chat, set the table, set the table. Because guess what? Dinner's ready. <laughs> set the table. Mm, because I noticed something, that the more they distributed, the more they had. I'm trying to close. I'm trying to close. I'm trying to close. But the more they distributed, the more they had. Notice Jesus, he started with, but a, with just but a few fish and loaves. And watch this. He had plenty of leftovers. The Bible says 12 baskets full. And the 12 baskets testified that the provision was more than enough. I need y'all to know something here. The provision of God is more than enough. 
Somebody need to shout, it's more than enough. Somebody need to wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. That the provision of God is more than enough. Because the Bible said the people were filled and there was still food available. But notice what Christ did. Christ did not heap up the bread all at once. The provision grew as it was distributed. Don't miss it. Some of y'all trying to wait till you get a big old stockpile. You might not never get it. Notice what happens in the text. The provision grew as it was distributed. Look at that 20th verse, Matthew 14. They took up the fragments that remained. In other words, these were not crumbs dropped to the ground by the multitude or pieces of bread or fish only partially eaten by the people. That's not what they picked up. These fragments were extra pieces. And I'm done. Somebody ought to shout extra pieces. <laughs> extra pieces that remain. And I stand by here to tell somebody, God's got some extra pieces yeah, that yet remain. In other words, they were valuable to Christ. Because how many of y'all know Christ does not tolerate any kind of waste? And so whatever we share, God multiplies. God can take a little and make it go a long way. And I need somebody to know God's giving to give you some extra pieces because of your faithfulness, because you've held on, because you forgot about yourself. My God, and you've invested in other people. Hey, I'll stop right here to tell you. Hey, God's got some extra pieces. My God, some of y'all stayed up and prayed while the person that you've been praying for is snoring at night and you're praying for their protection. You are praying that God sustain them. You are praying that God will bless them. I want you to know God's got some extra pieces for you. You don't need much, but whatever you have is more than enough. I'm done. But the Bible said, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. If you have money to give, give it. If you got a smile to give, give it. If you got a song to sing, give it. If you got a prayer to pray, pray it. Just give. And it shall be returned back to you. The command of Christ is to every man, every woman, he's saying give. We ought to take what resources we have and give to meet the desperate needs of the multitude. We all have the duty and responsibility to give whatever we have, no matter how little, no matter how small, Bible said every man shall give as he is able. Whom much is given, much is required. But thank God, it's not equal giving, but it's equal sacrifice. So whatever you have, don't don't 
don't don't feel bad because one person gave five hundred dollars and you only have five dollars. In comparison, God knows your five dollars mean just as much as that person five hundred. What do we do? I'm done. <clears throat> what do we do when we have a five loaves and two fishes kind of day? Change your attitude. Don't look at the resources that you have. Don't look for resources outside. Look within. And when we look within, we'll see something that we've never seen before. And that is what we have is really enough. Because when we place it, we know where to put what we have. When we place it, in the master's hand, God multiplies it again and again. Every eye closed. Every eye closed. Every eye closed. Think about it today. Think about it today. Think about it today. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? with these five loaves and these two fishes. I thought it wasn't enough. I thought it wasn't enough. I thought I was just going to just eat these little loaves and make me a quick fish sandwich. <laughs> and then I was just going to eat it and die. I was just going to eat it and give up because, God, I can't take no more. The devil is a liar. I want you to know here today that God is more than enough. God is more than enough. You say send them away. Jesus says sit them down. Give them something to eat. Forget about yourself. And just depend on me. Because when you depend on me, God says, that's when you'll learn that I'm more than enough. Listen at this brief song. Because you are a great provider. Thank you, God, because you are our healer. Thank you, God, because you are more than enough. We thank you, God, that you provided for us. Thank you, you provided the five loaves and the two fishes. Now, God, help us to forget about ourselves and let us look out on the fields. Let us be more concerned and more compassion, compassionate for those that are less fortunate. God, for those who during this time, during this pandemic, God, they've lost all hope. They don't know which way to turn. They don't know which way to go. Uh, God, they don't know what to do. But God, help us, help us, help us to let our light so shine before God and men so that they can see our good works and that, that they, they'll glorify the Father uh, which is in heaven. Help us, God, to be the salt of the earth. Help us not to lose our Savior in the name of Jesus. Help us to operate out of a compassionate heart. 
Help us, God, not to see with our natural eyes, but help us to see with our hearts so that it will bring about change in our lives. And then, God, because we know that you are the supplier of all of our needs, help us to totally put our trust in you. I rebuke the spirit of fear. I rebuke the spirit of worry. I rebuke the spirit of doubt. We are your children. And God, we trust and we know that you're going to take care of us. God, we thank you and we praise you. I pray a special blessing over each and every one of these under the sound of my voice. Meet every need in the mighty name of Jesus. God, take us to higher heights and deeper depths in you. If there's one that don't know your darling son, Jesus Christ, as a personal savior, God, draw them before it's too late. Only you can draw them. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap, everybody. And bless.